0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. First Samuel 9, first Samuel 28. Last night was supposed to be the night that you got an extra hour of sleep it was the worst night that I had sleep in this whole year so I didn't capitalize on anything I came out negative I got a loss And uh, what I'm gonna speak to you about tonight's been whirling over and over my mind a lot this week and uh, that's the reason why I couldn't sleep last night to a great degree uh, I hope the Holy Ghost is going to help us you know think a man before said I read another book one of these times in my life and I remember him saying something along the lines that he prayed that every sermon would be a bethlehem where the word was made flesh and walked among the people and uh i pray that perhaps tonight could be a bethlehem that the word would be made flesh just one more time and walk among us it may seem a little bit a little bit uh out of uh, Placement here to be speaking what I'm going to talk about tonight And some of the content of it here this evening Uh, Because in 1 Samuel chapter 28 is whenever Saul went and and consulted the witch of Endor It looks like I'm a week off or something, you know Uh, But uh, I I pray that that I'm not 1 Samuel chapter number 9 and verse number 22 And I'm going to read verse number 24 And this is just a few little snippets here to try to uh, get our bearings here Concerning the word of the Lord tonight Bible says in 1 Samuel 9 in verse 22, and Samuel took Saul and his servant, brought them into the parlor and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidden, which were about 30 persons. And Samuel said unto the cook, bring the portion which I gave thee of which I said unto thee, set it by thee. The cook took up the shoulder that which was upon it and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold, that which is left, set it before thee and eat. For unto this time hath it been kept for thee, since I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. Skipping over to First Samuel now, chapter number 28. We really have a, an occurrence here that happens prior to Saul being anointed as Israel's first king. And then we have another occurrence that happens the day before he dies. The day before he dies. In 1 Samuel chapter number 28 and verse number 24. And I'll try to keep Samuel and Saul straight when you get to people with the same <clears throat> letter that starts their name. It can get really, really messy real quick. 1 Samuel chapter 28 and verse 24. And the woman and the woman that speaks of there is the witch of Endor. And the woman had a fat calf. In the house, she hasted and killed it and took flour and kneaded it and did bake unleavened bread thereof. She brought it before Saul and before his servants and they did eat. Then they rose up and went away that night. I think it's the message Bible that says something along the lines that they ate a handsome meal and they got up from her table. That's what we associate many times eating with, although I think that's less even of a norm today. But usually there is table and food and there's that association. Tonight, I'm not Charles Dickens and I'm not going to talk to you about a tale of two cities, but I do want to talk to you tonight about a tale of two tables. A tale of two tables. Hallelujah. ask that the Lord would help us. Will you ask the Lord... I feel like i got a lot of stuff in my brain. And they always say the anointing can only take out of you what you've invested in you. And I know what I've put in there. So now I'm asking God to bring it out. Amen right now tonight. Father, I need you here this evening. I'm asking, oh God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Lord, in this place. God, upon Lord Jesus, the ministry of your word. God, I know your word doesn't need propped up. But God, this human flesh, God, does. I pray, oh Lord, tonight, God, you're able to speak, Lord, here this evening. God, let something be conveyed that can help, Lord, a soul. Something that can be conveyed that can help a life, Lord, here tonight. I pray, oh, Lord, I lean heavily upon you tonight. I pray, God, Lord, as Solomon even spoke. And I'm asking, God, for some acceptable words here this evening. God, let everything be ordered, Lord God, as it needs to be. Help me, God, to forget what needs to be forgotten. Remember, God, what needs to be remembered. I pray, Lord, in the next few moments here tonight, God will not fail to thank you. And will not fail to praise you, God, for what you do in this house. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen to the church. Say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Someone's already feeling like it's an hour later. I understand. Amen. It was dark when we got started, okay? I'm just letting you know ahead of time. Hallelujah. A tale of two tables I would like to present and preach to you here this evening Our scripture passages tonight really centers around the setting of those two tables. One was the first one that Saul came to before he was ever anointed king. That table was in the city of Zuth, the Bible says. But the second table that he met that scripture seems to pull out of the pages of the Bible is on the night or the eve, if you will, before the death of Saul. There is almost 40 years of distance between the first table and the second table. And the second table is found in the city of Endor. Amen. The Bible says that Saul goes to Samuel. He is seeking out a seer because he has a dilemma. He has a problem. His father's donkeys have been lost and his father has commissioned him and a servant To go on a trip to find these donkeys, these animals that belong unto his father. But to no avail in their journey, high and low, perhaps in every direction that they have searched, they were not finding the donkey. So they have a dilemma. They have a problem that they cannot solve. And so by the encouragement of the servant, He says, Let's go find a seer, or if you will, a prophet. He knew of one in this particular city, and so they find themselves. What leads them to the table is seeking for an answer to a dilemma and a problem. It is not without much uh, difference the second time that we see Saul going to the table in the city of Endor. The Bible tells us, likewise, he finds himself there because he has a dilemma. He has a problem. He is seeking to find some type of answer to his dilemma. The Bible tells us that the Philistines, which were arch enemies of the Israelites and King Saul himself, were stationed to do war against him. And they were setting just proper, ready to attack. And Saul wanted to know what he must do concerning this circumstance. The setting of the scripture in that time is this, is that Samuel is dead. Samuel is no longer around. He is no longer there for Saul to consult. And so the Bible says that Saul went to the witch of Endor with a problem, with a dilemma, seeking and searching for an answer. I'm just trying to parallel these just for you a little bit here tonight. The first table that he would go to, the Bible says it would be a three-day journey that he and his servant had been on and had found no solution, and he would end up at that table. The Bible says the second table that he would find himself at, it would be an eight mile journey that he and his servants had went on to finally arrive at that The Bible tells us that whenever he went to see Samuel at the first table, that evidently it was daylight. It was during the time of day. Whenever he came strolling into the city, he didn't have no clout. He didn't have no title as king. He was just coming in as Saul, the son of Kish. He just was who he was. But whenever he enters 40 years later into this arena where he's going to meet another table, the Bible says it's not daytime, but it's dark. It's night. It covered the land. He's coming into this woman's home, the witch of Endor. And the Bible says he is disguised. He's trying to cloak and hide his identity. Quite different than the way that he approached the first table. The Bible tells us then that after he is there at this city at the first table, that the Bible says that Samuel invites Saul to come with him. We're going to go up to a high place over here, Saul. We have a meal that is prepared there. There's been some sacrifice that has been taking place up there on that mountain. We want you to sit down. We want you to eat. Don't worry about everything that you've come here with a problem or a dilemma about. We'll talk about that sooner or later. But first of all, sit down and eat at the table. Folks, I believe at this point, I feel like I got, I'm got. i trying to go from Genesis to Revelation tonight. But I think it's important at this point to realize that whenever people sat down to eat meat in Old Testament times, and even in the New Testament that it was not a common thing to eat meat. They would have bread. That was a staple item among them. They could have fruits, if you will, and such of that measure. But it was not a common thing for people to eat meat. I know you'll sit down for your 12-ounce steak and your pork chop and all of that. If you're going to have, have a meal, there's going to be meat on the table. But that was not the case in Old Testament times. As a matter of fact, the only way that there was ever meat at the table in Old Testament times, amen, concerning the children of God, is if there was a peace offering That had been offered unto the Lord. There's several different offerings throughout the Old Testament. There's a burnt offering that whenever it was presented, all of it was burned and given unto God. There were grain offerings that whenever they were given, that a portion of them went to the Lord, and a portion of them went to the priest and his household. But whenever we talk about peace offerings, peace offerings are the only offering out of them all. That whenever they were offered unto the Lord, a portion of that was saved back for the offerer and whoever he desired to have along with him for the meal so in order to have meat on the table you had to have made a sacrifice of fellowship and communion to God first the meat at the table was a byproduct it was an overflowing if you will of the communion and the fellowship that you had by sacrifice with God from your peace offering and so whatever says Saul came to the table where Samuel was, and the Bible says he brought out a choice piece of the meat, and he set it down in front of him, and he says, I want you to eat this up. I've set this back just for you. God had already spoke to him that, that Saul was going to be coming. He said, I set this back just for you, and it's with that understanding, if there's meat on the table, somebody has made a peace offering to the Lord. If there's meat on the table, somebody's went to a place of communion and fellowship with God. And as a result of the communion and the fellowship with God, now Saul has a piece of meat before him because of that communion and because of that fellowship. Someone say amen. But whenever we look just a little bit further at the second time that he approaches a table, we understand that he is going to be fed likewise At that table, the Bible says, and I hope God can help me whenever we understand that she brings out to him, she says that I'm going to bring a morsel of bread. Bread could be literally bread. Bread could be food of any nature. Bread could be meat. She says, I'm going to bring you a morsel of bread. But the Bible says that she killed a fatted calf. Now let's just hold on just here a little bit. Let's go back to the first table. He's there at the first table. He eats what is the result of a peace offering and the Bible tells us that peace was just saved for him, for him to consume, for him to eat. And the Bible says from that day forward, it seems like there's an alteration a change in the life of Saul amen we understand that his dad's donkeys were secure Samuel told him that don't worry about that everything is okay but whenever Saul left that meeting of the first table where a man of God had communion with God and the food that he fed on was a result of that whenever he left there it's at that point in his time the Bible says that he became another man and God had given him another heart amen God did something glorious in his life and he understood everything that came down the pike of trying to find an answer for his dilemma, all centered around the table of fellowship that Saul Samuel had prepared unto the Lord, communion with God. And what he received that day, the eating, if you will, for his natural body was a result of that fellowship and that communion with God. Can someone say Amen. Something happens, though, in the life of Saul. Man, I feel like I'm on a long journey. Something happens in the life of Saul concerning sacrifice. Amen. The Bible says that Samuel told him to go to Gilgal, I believe it was. He says, we're going to offer sacrifices there. There's going to be burnt offerings and peace offerings. He says, I want you to go there. I want you to wait upon me. And whenever I get there, we will slay the animals for the sacrifice. The Bible says, though, that Saul did not wait, amen, any longer. Samuel was supposed to have been there that day, but he seemed to be running late as it were. Amen, he did not wait any longer. The Bible says that he sacrificed Offerings and he sacrificed things unto God without Samuel because why? Well, the people's getting a little antsy, the Bible says. They, they, they need to be fed. They need to be able to take nourishment. If I can tell you tonight, Saul went on and sacrificed, not necessarily for communion's sake, but because of appetite's sake. Just help me here just a little bit. What what the table had originally been for was communion. What the table, and I'm not talking about bread and wine, what the table had originally been for was fellowship with God. But already he is eager to make the sacrifices that he steps out of line of what he should be doing, and he steps into the office of Samuel, and he sacrifices because, well, the people are antsy. If I can say it like this, we have some wants and desires ourselves. and So I'm going to do this to kind of take care of my wants and, and my desires. And then we read in Scripture... another place in the journey that they go to war against the Amalekites and the decree of the Lord is this I want you to slaughter all of the Amalekites the king and all of their beast and all of their livestock and as you know the story the Bible says that whenever Samuel came he said, what have you done? You've disobeyed the word of the Lord, Saul. You were supposed to slaughter Amalekites. You were supposed to slaughter all the animals, all the beasts. He said, but what is that lowing of an ox that I hear over there? He said, well, Lord, we, we kept the choices of the animals because we wanted to offer them, you know, uh, unto you, Lord. Someone say amen. He said, we, we, we want to offer them unto you, Lord. We know that you would be well pleased with them. And it's in that moment of time that God speaks those famous words. Is not obedience better than sacrifice. He says, it's not obedience to me better than sacrifice. And he goes on just a little bit further. Notice what he says. We kind of scoff at this. But he says, Saul, he says, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. He says, rebellion is as the sin of which craft. He said, I'd rather you had obeyed my voice than you to have a sacrifice right now because there's something that I'm toiling with here, Saul. He says, Are you sacrificing for communion and fellowship or are you sacrificing for want and desire? Are you sacrificing because you want to have something with me? Or are you sacrificing because you want to heap it up on your own lust and your own desires? It's better to be obedient obedient than it is to sacrifice. Can someone say amen? amen? We see in the scripture, and this seems kind of bizarre, don't it? That he said that rebellion would be as the spirit of witchcraft than that the second table that Saul would find himself at before his death would be at the table of a witch eating at her table. Someone say amen. And she has a fatted calf, right? She has a fatted calf. She said a morsel of bread, but it's a fatted calf. A fatted calf was saved for a special occasion. Fatted calf is saved for a special purpose. A fatted calf isn't allowed to graze like all the other calves. fatted calf is stalled somewhere so that they can feed it, so they can make it plump. For the children of God, they would make the fatted calf because the Bible says whenever the offerings would come and the slaughtering would come, the blood belonged to the Lord. The Bible says that the fat belongs unto the Lord. So the fatter the calf, the more fat, the more that God got. And thank goodness for their little portion. But this was a witch. This was the witch of Endor that had a fatted calf that she was going to slay here for Saul. Let's look at something real quickly. I wish I had about five days, amen, to say what I need to say tonight. If you look real quickly in the scripture, the Bible says that he has had an encounter with the deceased Samuel. Samuel has told him some words. Samuel has said this. This is Saul's words to Samuel. Samuel. God has departed from me. Samuel, God has departed from me. I can't hear his voice. I can't hear his voice through dreams. I can't hear his voice through prophets. I can't hear his voice through the Urim, which was what the priest had which you know Saul had 85 of them killed so that's kind of a sore spot anyway I can't hear the voice of the Lord through any of this he says God has departed from me Samuel's voice back to Saul was this he says you got things a little mixed up here Samuel it's not that God has departed from you but you departed from God long before God ever departed from you he said you were disobedient to the voice of the Lord you were heaping things up for your own pleasure for your own likes for your own appetite and you were missing the purpose if you will of the table and that was fellowship and communion with God he says now you are here in a atmosphere that is totally different than the first table you're here in a situation in a place that is totally in contrast to the first table and the Bible says whenever Saul heard all of this that he fell upon his face upon the ground now watch it he's on his face upon the ground he's as low as he can go and herein walks the witch of Endor and comes to where he is. And this is what she says. Are you listening to me? She says, I've listened to you. I've hearkened to your voice. I've been obedient to your voice by conjuring up Samuel. I've listened to you. She says, now I want you to listen to me. I've obeyed you. And now I want you to obey me. Folks, let me tell you something. Whenever you just get caught up in life with the heaping on of just appetites of whatever your perks and your desires and stuff is, amen, if you start scratching the back of the adversary, he's gonna have his turn when he finds you at his lowest and say, you hearken, I hearken to your voice. I did this for you. I did that for you. Now I want you to hearken to my voice. Do you understand that Saul says, I can't hear the voice of God yet he can hearken to the voice of a witch of Endor. Oh, God, oh, God, someone say amen. I got me a, I got me a, a calf, got me a morsel of bread is the way that she approached it. Now watch it. She says, I want you to arise, and I want you to eat what I prepare for you. You enter at the table for communion and fellowship. And a byproduct of that is your appetite getting met. Hear me? (laughs) The Bible says that Saul refused. I will not eat. All right? I will not eat. Now, he's on the ground because he is overwhelmed because Samuel has told him, by virtue of your disobedience, you've become an enemy of the Lord. You've become an enemy of the Lord. Look, look in your Bibles. Look, please read 1 Samuel chapter 28. The Scripture says that another reason why he could have been on the ground, the Bible says he did not eat any bread all day or all night he had made a journey of eight miles he's laying on the ground he hasn't had any bread which may mean bread may mean food may even mean meat he hasn't had no bread but you can't have meat unless you have fellowship he hasn't had anything all day or all night but he can't get his appetite taken care of. He can't get his fleshly appetite and needs taken care of. Until he gets the vertical fellowship and communion taken care of. I don't know if he was without food all day by his choosing. Or because he was not in peace with his maker. Not it. Someone say yes. Not in peace. With his God. So she says, I got me a fat. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because he wasn't stupid. He understood. When you go to the table, you have fellowship. When you go to the table, you have communion. Yeah, I'm going to get some needs of my fleshly stuff met if I go there. But I can't go there without communing also with whoever's at the table. And, And whoever the calf is for. Listen, listen, listen. Before the children of Israel. Before the children of Israel. Ever had all the laws about what was appropriate for peace offerings and grain offerings and burn offerings? Before they had all that, they were sacrificing lung before that ever came around. As a matter of fact, when we read in Leviticus chapter 17, the reason why God said if you're going to kill one of these animals of the male or female of the herd or of the flock, that if you do that, you must be at the house of God to make sure that the blood was properly drained. And to make sure then that it was going as a sacrifice unto God. And whenever it was, then you could partake of it. The reason why he said that is because before there was laws, rules, and regulations, people were making those type of sacrifices. They were eating it with the blood in it. And the Bible plainly says in Leviticus 17 that they were doing it unto devils. Someone say amen. Uh Uh-huh. And so she got a fatted calf here. She's a witch. She's a witch. She, the Bible says she killed the fatted calf. That's what it says in our King James Version of the Bible. Killed. But in the Hebrew, it's she sacrificed. There's a difference between just a merciless killing and a sacrifice. Here's my question I pose. If the witch is sacrificing it, who is it being sacrificed to? Who is it being sacrificed to? The Bible says he refuses. But the servants that was with him and the witch compels him. She says, we've done all this for you. Listen to my voice and do this. They compelled him and the Bible says he sat up. He sat down and he ate, if you will, at her table. Is everybody doing all right? At the first table, he had a servant. Watch me right here. He had a servant. It was the servant's idea to go find the prophet for the answer of their dilemma. The servants he has at the second table are trying to compel him to eat of the meat. It's not sacrifice to God, but sacrifice into the devil. Just as a side note, it's real important what type of company you keep. It's real important the type of friends you have because one might make you go seek a prophet and the other might make you go seek a fatted calf that's offered in the things that are profane and unclean. Someone say amen. So who, who is this witch sacrifice sacrificing this, this animal to? This, this animal that's for a special occasion. This animal that's been stall fed, if you will, rather than grazing. This this animal that has fat and this animal that has blood. What what is going on with this animal? Listen, is everybody all right? The only other time, uh, another time, whenever I read of a fatted calf, is in Luke chapter four, fifteen, huh? The prodigal son that's went his own way, asked for everything that he wanted of his father. The Bible says that he was in a place under a Gentile rule in a Gentile world. He would that fain, would fill his belly with the husk that the swine ate. But the Bible says that he remembered his father's house. And he remembered that all the servants of his father had bread enough and to spare. And he went back to his father telling, Dad, I'm no even longer worthy to be called your son. Hey, I'm not worthy for any of this. There's something we need to look at at Luke chapter 15. There's something that the son is, is propag- or propagating and capitalizing upon. He's capitalizing on fellowship more than he is his own desire. He's remembering Daddy's house, and then he's remembering the bread in Daddy's house. He's coming to the Dad and saying, "I'm not even in good relationship with you." And then Dad's going on and bringing out the fatted calf. He's reserved that for a special occasion. He's reserved that for a son that is coming back home that's been afar. Could it be tonight that this witch of Endor has saved the fatted calf just for Saul? Because just like, if there's any foreshadowing, just like that the prodigal son is coming home and the father has the fatted calf for him, here is the witch that might be seeing that there's a long lost son of hers that's coming home. Because before there was any regulations, they all did their offerings, the Bible said, unto devils. Someone say amen. (laughs) The Bible says that she she situates it in such a way that he arises. He eats. He's at his lowest point. That's whenever she comes to him. It's when he's at his lowest point. She feeds him of the fatted calf. And it's at that position, though, when he eats, look at it. When he eats, he's satisfying his appetite. Because here's what it is. Whenever you have sacrifice with disobedience, you're being driven by appetite. When you have sacrifice with obedience, you're being driven by fellowship. It's all about how you approach the table. In the beginning, it was approached with fellowship. In the end of Saul's life, it's approached with all of his desires, all of his appetites. This is what the scripture says. The Bible says in Psalm 69 and verse 22, David is speaking here. And these are the words that he says. He says, let their table become a snare before them. And that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. You know what David's saying? He's saying any individual's table amen should be for their welfare. In the Hebrew it's for their peace if you will. It's for that peace offering. It's for that fellowship. It's for that communion with God. But he's saying let that table become a snare unto them. Let it become a trap to them. How does it do so? Whenever we don't approach it as fellowship but whenever we approach it as heaping to our own desires, our own lusts, our own appetites. That's the reason why we see in First Corinthians chapter 11 where the Bible is speaking even about communion. He's talking about the table of the Lord and the table of devils. You can't eat from both he says. You you can't go with the table of the Lord and the table of devils. And the Bible says he gives this admonition. He says, whenever you come, he says, every man is trying to get before the other one. That's what it says. He says, every man's trying to get before the other one concerning the bread and concerning the drink. Here's what he said. He said, y'all need to eat at home. He said, because what we're about right here is fellowship. What we're about right here is communion. And you've made it about appetite. Oh, someone say amen. He said, You made it about appetite. He said, It's not about appetite. Folks, we got to get it down like this. Sometimes we try to treat God at times like our little man that just has the endless supply. We, we, we honor, you know, the gifts more than the giver, the blessing more than the blesser, the healing more than the healer. You know what that is approaching the table with the, oh, feed me, letting you know, centered around my appetite, my desires, and my wants. But the table was never meant for that. That's just a byproduct of the table. The table is meant for fellowship. The table is meant for communion. We got to fall back in love with the purpose of the table. And that's communion with God, fellowship with God, just having God all by himself. That's enough. Amen. I don't pipe, and he just walks according to my piping. Someone say amen. It's the tale of two tables. (laughs) he had to disguise himself to go to one he could walk in broad daylight to the other in reality the Bible says he went to see the witch of Endor the setting of the scripture in 1 Samuel 28 is this is that there was Samuel was dead The Bible says somewhere, we don't know if it was at that exact moment or somewhere in the past, that Saul had disbarred all of those familiar spirits, wizards, warlocks, whatever you want to call them, he had disbarred them from the land of Israel. But whenever he seeks out the witch of Endor with a familiar spirit, Endor is found within the region of Israel. Number one, consider this. The very thing he supposedly dismissed he's now looking for. You know your approach to the table is off-kelter. When the things you once didn't allow in your life, you're allowing. Mm -hmm. Whenever that starts to happen, you're more concerned about appetite than you are fellowship. More concerned about appetite than we are. Fellowship. Here's what I want you to realize. He said they're all going to be outside of the land of Canaan. But they're found in Endor. And that that is in the nation of Israel. Here's something that's interesting to me. Something that's interesting to me. Back to this idea of being obedient to God. Endor was within the allotment of land for the tribe of Manasseh. The tribe of Manasseh. It belonged to her. It would be in the book of Judges when they came into the land, that it would be one of those cities of Endor that Israel failed to dispossess the inhabitants of the land. And as a result, we got a witch that can be consulted. Years removed from that point in time because somebody was an obedient to the voice of the Lord. Someone say amen. Amen. If you'll stand with me here tonight. The tale of two tables simply tonight is this whether or not we approach even this place if you will for divine fellowship or for the purpose of being coddled concerning our desires. If we approach it is wanting to be near to God or just wanting God to be my answer man. Just being the one that's going to come and have another solution if you will for my dilemma. He is that, but he is so much more than that. My appetite, my desires. You've heard me teach this and preach this before. My appetite and my desires then are regulated by the things that I offer to God. If I'm offering to him a lamb of the first year for a peace offering, that's what I'm going to be eating at my table. If I'm offering him a a bullock of such and such year, then I'm going to have that at my table. And God says, these are the things that you bring to me. And these are things that I will not accept. He was regulating our appetites by our communion, and by our fellowship with God. When you are driven by appetite, you'll be snared by your table. When you're driven by your own lust, you'll be snared by your table. But whenever you allow the priority of your table to be fellowship first, communion first, your appetites will follow suit with whoever you're in communion with. Your appetite will follow suit of whoever you are trying to please. Can we bow our heads in this place tonight? It's a tale of two tables. How are you approaching the table of the Lord? Forty years removed. Forty years removed in the life of Saul. Went to start everything well. Another man, another spirit. But over time, it's, I'm sacrificing now. Instead of waiting, what he's doing, he's, he's, he's satisfying appetite. I'm not going to kill everything of the Amalekites. I'm going to keep the choices. Why we can get a burnt offering and sacrifice for you, God. Is that really for God or is that for your Appetite. We even read later that the Bible says that they went to war. It was the day that Jonathan had dipped his rod into some honey and he ate it and he was enlightened. And the Bible says that that day after they got all this spoil, that there was even some flock and different animals that they had. And the Bible says the children of Israel fell upon them and ate them in the moment. The blood yet in them, there was no sacrifice in God. They ate them in the moment. And the thing is, they said, well, Saul said that nobody could eat this day. See, they couldn't eat meat if they couldn't be with peace with God. And so he carried a whole nation to be driven by their appetite, their appetite, rather than God's appetite, following fellowship and communion with God. Hallelujah. Can we just begin to speak to the Lord right now? God. God. I don't want there to be a transition in my spirit, Lord, from vying for the things of the Lord, vying for heaven, vying for that relationship with God. I don't want to consume things, Lord, based upon my own appetites because, Lord, at their root, Lord Jesus, they are are fallible. At their root, Lord Jesus, they are, God, untrustworthy, But God, if I can make the table about communion and fellowship with you, I know my appetite will be satisfied with things that satisfy you. I know, Lord Jesus, the things that I ingest will be the things that you only allow to be ingested, Lord Jesus, for you. God, I pray, Lord, tonight, help me, God, not to arise, Lord, and be, Lord Jesus, conquered by an adversary that says, hey, I've hearkened to you in days gone by. Now it's time for you to hearken to me. God, I don't want to give the excuse, well, God has departed from me when in reality, I have departed from fellowship and true communion with God these altars are open tonight if there be anybody that would say Lord I want my diet I want my appetite to be regulated by what is pleasing to you what is acceptable to you help me God today thank you for listening